Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, Episode 9. I'm Joel Payne from Resound Worship. I'm Sam Hargreaves from EngageWorship.org. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. We'll be dissecting classic songs, exploring songwriting technique in the workshop, and interviewing songwriters, theologians, pastors, and more, all in the pursuit of our vision of a new wave of quality grassroots worship songs. Sam, it's great to see you again. Um, Hello. We actually, it's about the third time this week we've seen each other. I know, I'm over in the UK this week and it's busy, busy, busy. It is busy. Tell us about, uh, a little bit about Monday, because we were together on Monday, weren't we, at a consultation. Yeah, so Sarah, my wife and I are, um, we've been commissioned by uh, the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity to uh, write a book for them uh, called, well, it's probably going to be called Worship for the Frontline and it continues their series of connecting the Christian life with everyday life. So not just um, focusing on church and what we do in kind of Christian gatherings, but actually their, their focus is kind of whole life discipleship. Cool. So we're particularly looking at how Sunday worship connects with life outside of church, worshiping God throughout the week in, in what we do in our relationships and our work and stuff. Um, so we're writing this resource and we had a day on Monday, about 40 people gathered, um, lots of different kinds of people. We had uh, songwriters, worship leaders like Sue Rinaldi and Andy Piercy. Mm. We had uh, some guys from LST and some ex-students, um, Jeremy Perigo. Um, and then, yeah, some people more, um, you know, working either as pastors or worship leaders. And it was a, a real broad range of the church as well, different different denominations, and everyone was giving their input into the first few chapters of the book that we've already drafted, and then just their thoughts overall and their stories. And it was it was a really rich time. It was great to get so much input into the project. It was I thought really brave of you to hand out the first six chapters of your book and then invite a room of forty people or whatever <laughs> it was to pass comments. I mean, I suppose it's a bit like we do with songwriting, but was it yeah. diff- did it feel different with the book? Or I I got to say I think that actually because of the songwriting um the way we do writing as a um as a resound group i I was kind of used to the critique thing yeah um so i wasn't so nervous and actually people were really positive and so Mm. the bits of critique that we did get and people have written things down and sent us emails and stuff as well and um (laughs) i think i've i've got a thicker skin now yeah um but i think it's going to be so much better because we've you know we've consulted people and we've got input and there's going to be you know other people's perspectives in it yeah i was so i was there and i was part of one of the um discussion groups and generally uh chipping in to help and i was struck by how much people wanted in my group wanted to talk about the idea of sort of everyday worship mm. but in some ways found it slightly harder to build that conceptual bridge to how does sunday worship because we're sort yeah. of talking Sunday, we're sort of gathered worship is what yeah. you use, isn't it? How does that actually reflect and impact the everyday worship rather than, I felt almost like the discussion was could, could reinforce the division rather yes. than building the bridge. Yes, what we've talked about is that the two, we, we talk about gathered worship and scattered worship and they're both equally worship, but they ought to live in a kind of virtuous circle influencing each other. Yeah. And my concern is that particularly church worship has almost put itself in a bubble and we say you know come now is the time to worship because it's sunday and we've got a guitar yeah. and we don't really <laughs> reflect or or lead into or lead out of the worship of everyday life so that's that's kind of where we're going with it 
Um, it's not going to be out for a while yet, but hopefully we'll talk in a later podcast a bit more about how this might impact songwriting. Particularly. Yeah, we might we might connect it to the 12th Song Challenge. Yeah, I reckon will be good. Well, um, I've been, apart from doing that with you, and um, I've been down to London a few times this week, had a really good meeting of uh, the Jubilate directors, so yeah. they're the, sort of the company that that helped us get off the ground and look after us. And yeah. we've, got some, we've got some really exciting plans, which we won't explain now because there's some bits and pieces to yeah. a- apply to them, but we're looking forward to sharing those with you. Um, we also did a, a couple of weeks ago, we did a survey, just picked out the thousand most uh, prolific users of our, of our website and downloaders of our material. I should probably say at this point, if you can hear children in the background, <laughs> it's because we've got a house full of all sorts at the moment. Yeah. Sam's kids are here. Um, Huck is now crawling about and causing mischief. And so I think there's, I think there's a game going on with dropping soldiers off uh, banisters, which looks quite fun. Uh, sorry, we did this survey, uh, and the, one of the, we wanted to know a lot of things about the people who sing our songs. But one of the key things was about the musical lineup in the churches because I've been thinking for a while about the way that worship albums, contemporary worship albums, so often are built around drums, bass, electric guitar yeah. and these kind of things, backing the singers. Yeah. And my suspicion has been that in many churches those things aren't actually there and yet people are still trying to sing the same songs. So yeah. it's fascinating getting back the results. Um, and we're still processing, but I can tell you it's a headline. People are more likely to have a flute player than a drummer. <laughs> but nobody no. is providing anything f- for flute an, an example of, of being creative and modern with flute. So there's an, there's an opportunity there, yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've also been doing bookings for our worship songwriting retreat. Now, we record this a few days in advance of... Um, a broadcast? No, not broadcasting. What do you say? Podcasting. Uploading. Podcasting it. Or podcasting it. Uh, and it looks like we're going to fill up. So we actually we'd booked a certain number of rooms in Wydale, and then they filled up. So we've maxed out the capacity. Brilliant. And it's nearly full. So I'm very very excited about that. Um, if you haven't yet booked, there may be space. We don't know. Yeah. At this stage, we're going to have a look on our website. Um, if the, and if there is space, we'd love to see you. Why don't we get a bit of, um, just catch up on some correspondence. Thanks to those of you who've been emailing us and contributing on Facebook. Um, and we thought we'd just read a couple of emails. We had one from Jonathan, um, who said, getting a lot out of the podcast, really informative, thoughtful and engaging. Shall we just stop there? That perfect. <laughs> um, and he asks, I was wondering whether you might do a podcast on the theme of writing children's worship songs. What are the particular constraints? What needs to be considered musically and lyrically? What is the place of fun and humour? And in fact, is there anything or something about writing children's worship songs that might inform the writing of grown-ups worship songs? Great question. I think we're going to probably take this on, aren't we, as, yeah. a, as a future? Yeah. I'd like, I've got a couple of interviews in mind of people that I know that are doing this really well. And also what I would call all-age songs, which mm. I think is a middle category and almost of its own. Yeah. It's not actually children's songs. It's not adult songs that sort of inform... It's all ought to be teenage songs by that logic, wouldn't it? But No, yeah, but that's not, not what I mean. I mean. I can't... Yeah. Well, hopefully in the future we'll explore that a bit and yeah. I've got a few people that I think could help with that. But, yeah, I think this is a great question and I think that... Um, we, we do, I don't know about you, but I think when we look to the sort of children's repertoire, you end up going to the same songs again and again. Yeah. And also I'm very aware of huge gaps in the repertoire for children. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of songs that say God is big 
Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, which is, great. Which is true. That, yeah. that seems quite limiting to me in terms of building kids' theology. So um, I think there's a, there's lots of potential there. Yeah, I remember my nephew actually once coming along to me when he was tiny and just walked up and said, Jesus is big. <laughs> but, well, can't fault you. It's a start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Great. Um, we also had an email from Lynn. Uh, who said, uh, last week I was listening to your podcast and something was resonating in me. Had a six-hour drive from a music teacher's training course that had been in... I think she... Does she come from Australia or something? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do it with Um, an Aussie accent? No. Okay. Uh, That had been encouraging a cappella singing and exploring creative compositions through singable melodies, just like what you were talking about in the podcast. Uh, Also, my pastors have been encouraging fasting, so I thought that maybe I should fast from listening to music just to fill up the space in the car. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, My thought processes then went something like this. There's no one to hear me. I can't make mistakes. I can make mistakes. Oh, I can make mistakes. Sorry, yes. (laughs) Also, you can't make mistakes in a sense. Nothing's wrong, yeah. So I started to fill the space with asking God for the song inside me. Thanks, Geraldine. This is an idea that Geraldine uh, Mm. mentioned in her interview. I couldn't read the Bible, very unsafe while travelling at high speeds, so I had to rely on my memory of Bible verses and the phrase, he sings over us, kept coming to me. What happened next just blew me away. I found myself singing a new song, a melody I'd never heard before. I couldn't write things down, again, very unsafe while driving at high speeds. Mm. Uh, I didn't think I should try to set up a voice moment on my iPod either, that's just illegal. So, until I reached the next town, I just sang the song over and over, changing bits, finding better words. I never knew how good I was at being a thesaurus and asking God to help me remember the bits he wanted in the song. As soon as I found a uh, a park at the next town, I grabbed my iPod and started recording Sing Over Us and ideas about how it had come together. Um, That's a first for me. The best part was that while I was singing the song over and over, Worship was also happening in the car. And she did send us the, uh, yeah. the recording from her iPod. And uh, it is great. And you can yeah. you can hear not only that this is a, a song that she's worked on for you know a long time in the car, but just, I don't know how you quantify this, but you can get a sense that it's just a worshipful yeah. atmosphere going on in her car. Isn't that brilliant? So I love that. It's a great story. I love it as uh, it's a story of an encounter with God mm. in, in the midst of songwriting. It's some excellent road safety advice throughout the email. <laughs> but it's also a lesson in making space and not letting anything else intrude on it. And yeah. by switching off the radio and yeah. by going on a car journey, yeah. now it probably is worth saying... I, I've driven around in Australia a bit and it's a far more peaceful experience <laughs> driving on big Australian roads than yeah. it is driving up and down the M1 but by making space that thing about the thesaurus I just had time yeah so I could just keep revising the words yeah and often we just give up don't we move yeah. on to something else yeah, but yeah. when there's no choice that's really that's brilliant thank you Lynn for emailing us we really appreciate yeah, that yeah it's great It's time to dissect a classic. I'm going to record a jingle for that for next time, I think. <laughs> Is it um, going to be as good as the 12-song challenge jingle? It might be better. I will have to give royalties <laughs> to Kendrick, though. For our t- No, it's not 12-song challenge. No, it's, it's a classic. Okay. For you our wrong. dissect a classic this time, we're going to look at... 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord of My Soul, by Jonas Mirren. Or Jonas? Is it Jonas? Is it Jonas. Jonas. Fun Gone. fact. Yeah. Cool. Sarah knew him growing up. What? My wife, yes. She changed his nappies. She actually, No, but they went to the same singing teacher. Ah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you'd recognise her now. There you go. How about that? So, uh, Jonas and uh, Matt Redman. I wrote this one. So this is 
Uh, as with many of these, it's clearly a classic. It is sung absolutely everywhere. So I've done a little bit of research, found out a little bit. And the story goes that Jonas played Matt, some, essentially some of the melody to the chorus. He had this idea, and Matt instantly said, ah, oh, you know what that is? That's Psalm 103, bless the Lord of my soul. Yeah. And so they kind of worked from there. And he said that they actually managed to write the whole thing in about an hour. And then wow. it's just so annoying, isn't it? Yeah. But it does then go on to qualify when he's talked about it. It really doesn't happen for many of his songs. That's not the standard pattern, <laughs> but it's really nice when it does. Yeah. Um, and that's lovely, isn't it? I guess um, it's nice. Sometimes they just pour out. Yeah. And he talks about how Psalm 103 sort of lists all these different reasons for, for praising God because you heal my diseases, rescue me from the pit, and so on. And he said that the two of them sat down and started to try and just write reasons and yeah. see, what, yeah. see what they could come up with. And that's where they got this idea of 10,000 reasons. Uh-huh. And then having written that, they thought, <coughs> do you know what? That's a bit like in Amazing Grace with 10,000 years. Yeah. So that's then where where verse 3 comes from. Um, so it's great. It's a, an incredibly popular song. It's won a Grammy. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and perhaps most famously and poignantly, it was, uh, it was a song that, along with Amazing Grace, was sung by nine prisoners in Bali mm. before they were executed. So they were, um, they'd be sentenced to death, and while, you know, over the, the time that they were in captivity, they'd actually become Christians. Wow. I think eight out of the nine had become Christians, and all nine of them stood there facing the executioners, singing Amazing Grace and singing Bless the Lord, O My Soul. It's incredible. Really? Story, truly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, Sam, I'm going to give you 60 seconds, and I've even got a little timer <laughs> just to check. 60 seconds to tell us why do you think this is a classic? Go. I think, firstly, the chorus melody is so, so strong. Mm. I mean, it literally, it's just so um, singable. Um, it's uh, We've talked about pentatonic melodies before, so mm, that five-note so, yeah. scale. And it just follows that sort of thing. Uh, Yeah. That's that a completely pentatonic melody, and that's so singable all over the mm. world. People use those kind of melodies. Um, so yeah, I think I think that. And then the second thing for me would be the way that it does encompass the whole of life. Yeah. So it has that sense of, you know, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm going to commit myself to you. But then by the final verse, it's you know the day that you die, and actually that's apart from um, in Christ alone, that's quite an unusual thing to sing about. It is. But I think that's why people. Uh, feel that the song has some depth and some weight. So it yeah. is the sort of song that you would sing uh, at a funeral. It's the sort of song that you'd sing at a wedding. Uh, it's a very powerful song. Boom, 60 seconds. Well done. That's pretty impressive. I'll see if I can do the same. <laughs> so I'll just reset my counter and we'll start again. So I want to first draw attention to the opening phrase, bless the Lord. It lands on the note Lord. And it's actually, that's the high note. Bless yeah. the Lord. Well, they're much higher than that probably in real life. Um <laughs> The second thing is the way it's quite hymn-like in that it doesn't have lots of syncopation in it. It's, it just goes mm. plod, 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 plod. And sometimes, as songwriters, we're nervous of that. Mm. But the reality is that if you write a good melody and you let it just move in these solid single notes... <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <coughs> I ought to just point out it's because um, Sam is failed in eating an orange rather than because he completely disagrees with what I'm saying. Shall I pick up? I've got 25 seconds left. Sorry, carry on. That's all right. Um, 
so there's that that thing. Um, also, on the way um, out of the verse, where it has the two things there. One is that repeated note, so it's moved with a nice melody, and then it gets to this point where it gets a bit insistent, and that builds tension, ready to explode into the chorus. And I also love that it just lands on the bottom root note, where sometimes again we're tempted to lift up to the chorus, comes home, ready to explode. All right, I did 65 seconds. Yeah, part of that was coughing. Yeah, part of it was coughing. Um, You've got another 30 seconds this time, Sam, to tell us. uh, What would you improve? Okay. Um, I think it's really interesting that you're singing to your soul in this song. That's obviously lifted straight out of the the Psalms. But... um, And... I do worry that it's a bit too much me focused. So it's, I'm going to sing all my life. I'm mm. going to sing every morning, every day, whatever happens. And, um, and actually I think you need to balance that because biblically, yes, God is great and he's worthy of every day and every song. And it's good to commit ourselves to that. But ultimately we are going to fail. There are going to be days when we don't sing yeah. God's praise. Or we don't worship him perfectly. And actually I'd like to see a little bit more balance of God, you are faithful. You know, mm. I may actually fail in this. I may not sing to you every day, but actually you're, you're going to be the one who never fails me. So, you know, maybe either to get that into the song or just to be aware that we need to balance this kind of song out with songs that talk specifically about God and what he's doing. Yeah. I, I want to come back on that just to say that I think probably my favourite bit of the song is the middle verse, which is the, you're rich in love, you're yeah. slow to anger, your name is great and your heart is kind. It's beautifully yeah. selected. And there it is focusing, yes. interesting, it, it's focusing on God. Mm. And I would love... I would love another verse in there that yeah. does some similar things. But I see the point they're kind of make, trying to make is we'll start our list, but we'll never end it because yeah. there are 10,000 reasons. But that points for me to the, the the one thing, and lots of people have seen and commented on this, that it changes who it's addressed to. Mm. So it, most of it is singing to ourselves, but then just in the last line of the chorus, oh, my soul, I sing like never before, oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. And it's a bit odd, and I can't yeah. work out why, um, unless it was, you know, Redman and Miriam thought, actually, this needs a bit more God-focused. Because yeah. then verse 2 is God-focused, and then verse 3 again is back, and it's about me. And, um, yeah, it jumps around a bit, to be fair, so do the Psalms. But I I don't, th- yeah, it's a mystery, actually, because obviously, you know, Matt Redman is a really accomplished songwriter, why not just kind of carry through with the same address through the chorus? Yeah, it, it's it's certainly a weakness. Um, <clears throat> it's not enough of a weakness to make it not win a Grammy and not be very popular, not but yeah. um, that sense of I will worship your holy name, what are you talking to your soul now? Are you talking to God? Um, maybe they could have just tidied that up. Yeah, but great work. Good yeah, song. Yeah, great song. 12 Song Challenge. Now it's time for the 12 Song Challenge. 12 Song Challenge. Uh, we're going to start by, um, well, let's just recap what this month's challenge was. Sam, can you just give us a, a, a brief outline of that? Yeah, so it was uh, songs of community, so uh, lyrics that talk about us as being the body of Christ or uh, who we are as the church, the people of God. And then melodically, we were picking up on the Ruth King Goddard interview and really challenging people to write melodies that were memorable um repetitious and particularly within a a narrow range quite a low range um 
what Ruth calls the personal personal participatory singing voice. Okay, so it's it's just between a C and a B flat. Yeah, uh, that was the challenge. Yeah, cool. So we've had a bit of correspondence. We've had people writing lots of songs, appearing on our forum. Again, it's very exciting this month. Um, we asked people, how have you got on with it? And we got a bit of feedback. Um, Christine said, for me, it's been really good to be challenged to write a particular type of song that it wouldn't have otherwise occurred to me to write and to be part of the forum, see a whole load of people are thinking of the same kind of issues. Keeping within the vocal range was not as difficult as I thought it would be. What I more, found more tricky was keeping to a singable rhythm that people would be able to sing, would be able to sing, but would also enjoy singing. But she says, the main issue I have is that, and this might sound like defeating the object, I'm not sure if I could bring this song to my church. Mainly because when I look at it, I think, is my church like that? I'm not sure it is. Maybe it's more about what I want the church to be and not how it actually is. There's a line in the song that says we're breaking down walls, but to be honest, we're not really. So it could be that I feel uncomfortable making people sing some of those words, knowing that's not really where we're at. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great bit of honesty, isn't it, to admit that. And I think, I mean, there's always going to be a dual nature of the church, isn't there? So there's the church kind of as God sees her. I mean, big word is sort of eschatological. God is, you know, we are, now we are in Christ. Yeah. uh, But also we are still you know, living in this fallen state. And also with the church as well, God sees her as a, you know, a, a holy people. And yet he also is probably quite aware yeah. of the reality. So I think that is always going to be a tension. And I think maybe she needs to look back at her lyrics and, and think, you know, are there ways that I can bring out that tension in my lyrics that yeah. you, you're calling us to be this or, you know, God help us to be this or... It's about what we're called to be, about yeah. what God's helping us to be, what he's transforming us into. Yeah. Um... But I think also having that sense of reality that we're not there yet. Um, and it doesn't hurt, actually, if singing about what you're trying to get to makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and help you get there, does it? Yeah. Great. Um, Mike says, for me, the hardest thing was to try and change the song after, quotes, finishing it. I took on board the comments about syncopation and re-recorded the vocals, but preferred the original version. Daniel suggested trying to modernise the lyrics, but I tried and failed to keep it the same. Well, this is, again, really classic, isn't it, for us, is that people um, will comment on the forum or, you know, to your face, and you'll go away and you'll try it, um, and then you might decide, actually, well, having tried it, I still like the original best, and that's totally fine, and I think you've... You've you've done what you need to do. Then you've you've taken on board their comments. You've tried to change it, and I I find you know both ways. Sometimes I think, oh, I'm so glad they said that to me. I'm so glad I changed yeah. it. And then other times I go, mm, I've, I've lost something here, and I revert back to an original word. Can send you down a blind alley sometimes, can't yeah. you? Um, yeah. Uh, Mel said uh, she worked on it in a totally different way to usual. She said she started strictly with lyrics, then melody, then chords, and she carefully laid out the lines to match syllables and stresses for each verse and, and so on. Um, she said she'd normally start with some kind of chord progression in mind, but this time she literally just wrote a melody and tried to keep within the confines of the brief, which was this melodic range. Mm. Um, I think that's. That's great to hear about someone adapting their method yeah. to try and meet a particular brief. And it's not because that's necessarily the best method for writing songs. Mm. But if you always start with a chord progression, how good to start with words yeah. or abandon it all and just sing until you found a melody that, that sounds good. So I, I'm encouraged by that because it sounds like Mel is, is expanding and developing her craft. Yeah. And then finally, Josh says, I never did manage to write something within that C to B flat range. 
I honestly just didn't write anything that I found melodically interesting uh, with that. And if I wasn't interested in it, I wasn't motivated to write it. <laughs> Fair enough, Josh. It's honest. It's honest, isn't it? I mean, I suppose I want to say to, to Josh or, or other people who've taken on the challenge and found that difficult that... Um, I think you, I think one can write a really interesting melody within that range, mm. and so I would I would want to say keep keep pushing at that. Not because you'll necessarily make that the way that you do your your worship in your church, yeah. but because you'll learn about melodies. Yeah. And and I think defaulting to what you always do doesn't help you to develop in in those kind of particularly things like you know if I just throw in a, a strong high note, I feel like I've arrived. Yeah, taking that away. Just forces you to work harder, doesn't it? But again, you know, it's very honest to Josh. That, you know, yeah, I think I think it's partly it's sort of stylistic, isn't it? Yeah. If you're trying to write within a particular stylistic genre, you know, a lot of worship, modern contemporary style worship songs, they use range yeah. as a real device. Yeah. And I guess I would say, you know, consider writing in a in a in a genre that doesn't actually do that or doesn't yeah. demand that. Um, but then I will also be very um, honest and admit I really struggled as well with that range yeah. um, and although I think it's a brilliant um, it's a brilliant challenge I would probably rarely want to limit myself to that because you yeah. know it's less than an octave it's it is, yeah, re- yeah. really really um, challenging yeah. to write well let's pick out a couple of songs um, Sam you picked one out haven't you yes so uh, we can we can have a listen to it but I'll, I'll just tell you first it's in French uh, and there's probably a danger that I just love it because it's in Play French bon. and Play it bien. just sounds so amazing in it French. does doesn't it should we have a listen yeah nous sommes une famille un peuple frère et sœur enfant de Dieu nous sommes une famille un peuple corps de Christ le fils de Dieu chantons les cantiques ensemble élevons nos voix vers Dieu chantons les Critiquing the lyrics, may I say, bonne chance. <laughs> well, I mean, at least the the translation that she put on the uh, the forum helps you to see if you yeah, if you don't true. speak French. Um, yeah, I, I what I love about this is the way that she has obviously listened to the podcast and taken on board some of the ideas from Ruth and from us. 
But then she's written it completely for her own context. I mean, I'm yeah. imagining she lives in France. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure whether she's French so I think or... I Alison is English. She's yeah. English, but living in France. Yeah. And not only, obviously, linguistically, but also... Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert, but it sounds to me like a very kind of French-style folk melody. Yeah. And so she's obviously really kind of incarnating herself. Uh, and I, I just love that. I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, I hope we hear other songs in different languages and different styles coming from, you know, people doing stuff in their own context. Um, yeah. I think that's just really fantastic. Um, Have you got anything to say about the words? <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at the, well, when you look at the translation, yeah. um, she's really stuck very well to the... Um, we are family, a people, brothers and sisters, children of God. We are family, a people, body of Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, and then she, you know, there's yeah. lots of biblical imagery in there. She said that she was challenged to put um, um, not judging our brothers in there as a bit yeah, of a yeah. kind of, this isn't all perfect. Yeah. Um, in terms of changes, one thing is I felt that by the time she got to the bridge, which has sort of two distinct sections... I felt that she was repeating themes yeah. and also that melodically it wasn't that strong. I just yeah. wondered if she needed that, those kind of two bridge sections. Because yeah. um, she's already got three verses and a chorus that keeps coming back. Yeah. Um, so I wonder whether she might want to cut those down. And then also, I just want... It sounds a little bit odd at the end of the chorus to me, uh, the way that it goes... Um, I'm just going to hum, because if I try and... <laughs> if it was Swedish, it'd be a bit easier, but... Uh, and it sort of hangs on that C chord for a yeah. bit. Whereas if she went something like... And just stretched out the end of the chorus a little yeah. bit, it'd create a little bit more room rather than the kind of constant... Like the constant... Da, 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 da. But also, yeah. uh, it would be a little bit of a more natural... Yeah. So just something like that. Um, she said in the in the, her post, you know, I don't know if it's too repeated, and I would say absolutely not. You know, yeah. it's really catchy, it's melodically interesting, but she's kept within the range. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really like it. Great. Great. Uh, I picked out one by Adam Parks, um, and let's have a listen to that. All the walls that could divide us, now broken down in Jesus. And though we are still different, he makes us one. forgiveness he makes us one 
So when we are hurt by others, we can forgive in Jesus. Nothing shall separate us. He makes us one. We are yours. We belong. Every daughter, every son. We are one with a family of God. We are yours. We belong. Black and white and old and young. We are one with a family of God. We were lost and lonely. So that's... Um that's he makes this one by Adam Parks. Um, I think firstly I wanted to say that I feel like he's really met the brief, um, and because it is a song that's very much about the community, about us, about our identity as a community in Christ, um, about God's role in that. And I love the the, the, the sort of the, the repeated theme in the chorus: "We are yours, we belong." Isn't that brilliant? Mm. We are yours, we belong. And I think there's a two such important aspects of the identity of the church yeah. and of us as as people together in the church i like the way he's he's used the vocal range and um this is the second version that adam wrote so he he did a version he submitted it and a few people gave comments and he's had a go and he's, he's adapted it just to make the melody a little bit more interesting it was probably he'd gone so far on the simple line that actually <laughs> it wasn't he, he could he could afford to be slightly more interesting but i think you'll agree listening to it it's still incredibly simple um, the thing, I guess, my, my main point is that um, I just feel like he could turn the chorus upside down because I think what's happened is that he gets the chorus and it's got the sort of feel of I've got to a big chorus, like it's tried to lift, but actually it doesn't lift uh, because melodically it's almost lower than the mm, verse. Yeah. Um, and I wondered about, let me just grab that guitar. Um, he, he sings, if I get to try it. We are yours, we belong, every daughter, every son. It's about like that, isn't it? Yeah. I'd say if you turned it upside down, so the A was the strong mm. note. We are yours, we belong, every daughter, every son. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I think as well, in some ways, this points out, you know, when we reach the end of our of our month and we all say, <laughs> phew, right now I'm not restricted, I might just sneak one extra semitone and sing. We are yours, we belong, every door to every son, or something, mm. that kind of idea. Then you've still got the strength, but you, you allow a bit of a lift uh, in the melody of the chorus. But essentially, I think it really works as a as a song. Yeah, it's great. I like it. Uh, so we've also had a go. This is the moment of truth. Oh golly! Um, and uh, oh dear, Sam, are you are you happy to? We may not look alike. We may not wear the same things. We may not sound alike. We all are different, but one thing holds us together. a family we are devoted to learning together devoted to fellowship together devoted 
breaking bread together. We are the family of God. We are the family of God. Nice job. That's well the second done, verse. There is a second verse. Um, that's that's great. I, so the things I like about that, you've clearly taken a um, you've clearly taken inspiration from Acts two. Um, and so I like that you've thought, you know, what is the what is the church? What is the community? What does it look like? And you found somewhere that it talks about it. Um, I think you've done a really good job at staying within that vocal range and coming up with something which is quite nice to sing. It still has a kind of lift for the chorus. Um, I, I I share <laughs> I share the feeling that it's quite hard to do. <laughs> Um, yeah, it works really nicely. I, get, I, I think I've got three thoughts. Great. Um, one is in the uh, what are we in? C. Oh, in C. Of course, we're in C. That's the only way to do it, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, the in the the pre-chorus. How does the pre-chorus go? Uh, one thing holds us together. So I think that 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 yeah, What's that in there? To me, that sort of jars somehow in the um, in the melody. Somebody said this on the forum as yeah. well, and um, can't explain exactly why. But I'd be tempted to just go back to the E there and save. Let it still be One simple. One thing holds us together now. That might be nicer. So okay. that you land and then you do a passing note through somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was thinking a kind of suspension, like. Yeah, I think it's because you leap to it. You don't prepare the suspension. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. Yeah, in very technical musical language. together. Yeah, because I, I think the guy on the forum said, "Together now." That but would I also work, if I went yeah. to the G, then I would be. You used that, up your range. That's my jump for the chorus. <laughs> yeah. You devoted. So yeah. Yeah, it's and then I thought in the chorus, uh, the melody. Um, you go up the A quite a bit, as a and, and and the A is always a kind of a tension note, isn't it? We are devoted to learning together, devoted fellowship together, and I wanted somewhere in there if you could let one of those together just carry on down, so that you, you don't always keep bouncing off the tense A. Uh-huh. We are devoted to learning together, devoted to fellowship together. Uh-huh. We are devoted yeah. just to just to ease that tension a little bit. I guess the only other thing is the you you have to keep on going quite a long time in the chorus to get everything in, yeah, and get your general thing, which is we are the family of God, which is sort of what you want to say. Um, and I suppose one way around that might be to rebuild your list without having devoted in every line. Um, to so we're devoted to learning together, to praying and breaking, or something like that. Oh, yeah. So you That's actually cool. end up with a slightly shorter list. Yeah. Three lines, and then you end with the family yeah. of God. I had a much. It started off with a much quicker sort of. A, we are devoted to fellowship together, and it was just such a mouthful. Yeah. And in the end, I went for that much sort of longer sort of spread out. But yeah, that's a good suggestion. Is to is to cut it down into a shorter. Yeah. It's nice there. I like the feel. Um, and the the way that you, instead of using a big leap for the chorus, you use a long note. Yeah. Uh, actually gives it a contrast and gives it a sense of exhalation and being a chorus, um, where others otherwise might not do. Great work. Thank you. My hey, turn. it's yours, Joel. My turn. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it for you. So I, I have to say with this at first, 
I was trying all sorts of things, and one of the things I was doing wrong, I think, was trying to write something with a verse and a pre-chorus and a chorus, and, and, and that kind of structure, you need somewhere to go with your mm. range, don't you? So I end up getting something a little more sort of hymn-structured, I suppose, and it's just verses. Um, and then I found I was just writing really cheesy things, because all my opening line was always, we are the, we are, uh, I couldn't find... Yeah. And eventually, our church has, our small groups are called communities. Mm-hmm. So I thought, actually, why don't I sort of try and write a bit about the experience of our community, but being reflected in kind of biblical thought. And that's kind of where I've gone to it. Yes, right. In this community of grace Orphan finds a family, the wanderer finds a place. Let us be the face of mercy to the angry and the hurting, or the prodigal returning here to find our God is grace. This community of love Where the oil of our unity Is blessing from above Let us show the life of Jesus By the fellowship between us So the watching world believes us When we say God is love community of peace where the guilty find forgiveness and the burdened are released let us carry one another as a sister and a brother as we journey on together in this life something <laughs> got a line there it's got one more verse shall I play the last verse go for it in this community of Christ where the gospel is our anthem and the word that gives us life let us be the revelation of the God of transformation who is offering salvation now to all who come in Christ. There we go. Good one. Oh, nice one. Well, I think I really like um, the kind of... the the little repeated idea so community of and then you unpack it you've got that kind of triple rhyme thing going on in lines four five and six um i think in terms i mean obviously that you need to 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 get some some of the lyrics and yeah um and i I, the triple rhyme thing it does revelation transformation offering salvation does bother me a little bit (laughs) <laughs> just a it's bit of a mouthful isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and actually you do kind of half rhymes the rest of the way through yeah and that's so glaring um, that I think you could think about do you think the last set stands out as too, uh, too neat yeah I think yeah. so and yeah I just wonder if it could sort of slightly softer language 
I, don't, I, I haven't got any suggestion really. Um, I think overall, <laughs> and I felt this in your recording as well yeah. that you put on the forum, it feels very melancholy. You're yeah. kind of doing it in this beautiful kind of slow way, but it almost feels like a sort of Leonard Cohen kind <laughs> of, you know, let's all go and end it all now. <laughs> Rather than being what it kind of ought to be, which is a celebration. So give me the guitar. I, just, yeah, yeah. I, I even wondered just if you if you just kind of picked it up. Yeah. Um, I did it a key up as well. Did you? Okay. Yeah, okay. Terrible. So it was in D. Well, let's say it's in D. In this community of grace, where the orphan finds a family, the wonder finds. And I think you there, you should go. The wonder finds a place. Right. The wonder finds a place. Yeah. Because that's one of those uh moments, and it doesn't need to. I think naturally you would just go. Wonder finds a place. Because then you're going up from there anyway. Yeah. Our God is grace. I made that more solid. Yeah. Track. So it's just a bit more of a... Okay. It's a bit more cheerful. It means yeah. yeah. I just think you could really pick it up and, you know, give it a bit more oomph rather than... Yeah, there's something about the sort of very quiet and everything descending. Oh, you know, that is yeah. It's just a little bit too down, really. And then the only other thing, I think someone mentioned on the forum about does it need a kind of chorus? Yeah, and this might be really cheesy. Go on, but I wondered if there's an overlapping repetition of the last line, so. A prodigal returning it to find Our God is grace Our God is grace Our God is grace Our God is grace And you could do that I mean, yeah, yeah. you have to work it out with Come in Christ We come in Christ oh, yeah, yeah Um but that could then be it's only a refrain Yeah And you'd have it does overlap so you'd have to have kind of men women or yeah, something yeah. But um, we talked about this with um, last week, didn't we? Last time with the uh, um, the way the men and women part works in the Laws of My yeah, Shepherd, yeah, yeah. and that. Yeah. So I don't know. Suggestion. Nice one. Thanks, Sam. It's all right. You brought a little bit of joy, <laughs> a bit of lightness into my melancholy world. It's good to hear. You're right. I was feeling a bit intense as I wrote it and as I sing it. But it is actually quite a joyful thing. Joy, that we're singing that because you've got a big birthday coming up. Uh, <laughs> that's what makes me intense and joyful. It might, be. No, yeah. Yep. So we're going to move into next month's challenge, into March's challenge, and um, this one we're calling the Texts and Tunes Challenge, and it's inspired by Stuart Townend um, and Keith Getty in the way that Stuart described how they write together. Um, Stuart said particularly. Keith writes tunes, sends them to him. He listens to the tunes and thinks, um, oh, I think I know what this one's about, and then starts to write some words based on it. And there's quite a clear division. Um, and we live in an age where either people ask the sort of the songwriter who write the whole thing, which certainly we do a lot, or even when people collaborate, they still often are all writing the whole thing. And so we want to try in this challenge to separate the texts and the tunes, as we've said, the lyrics and the melodies, and our challenge is for you to either write some lyrics to a tune written by someone else 
or to write a tune to some lyrics written by someone else. So ideally, we'd like you to find a real flesh and blood friend yeah. uh, that maybe lives near you, goes to your church or down the road or something. Um, and, uh, yep, yeah, and sort of exchange text tunes. Or uh, if you can't do that, um, get involved with our forum if you're not already. Um, hook up with somebody. Maybe you've spotted someone on the forum and you thought, hmm, I like their tunes or hmm, yeah. I like their lyrics. And uh, maybe say to them, look, would you would you be interested in collaborating? Um or put something on the forum is another yeah. way to do it. It's just say, here's a melody, does anyone want it? Or here's a, here's a lyric, does anyone want so it? So we'll, I'll tell you what, we'll set up a place on the forum for you to put offerings of melodies and lyrics. Yep. Um, but what we're not looking for are, here's my song, rewrite it. No. We want you to provide either, it's a text or it's yeah. a tune. Or failing both those things, you can't find a real life person, uh, or you can't do it on the forum. The other option is to go and take something like a hymn text and write a tune to it or a hymn tune and write some words for it. But what we're going to do is we're going to ban any classic hymns. So yeah. if it's a classic hymn, we don't want you to go off and rewrite a new melody for Amazing Grace around Can It Be or something well, like that. Or even a modern worship song. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't collaborate with, with you know, Stuart Townend's existing... Yeah. And the reason um, for that really is that... Uh, probably slightly want to push your creativity a bit. Yeah. I want you to think beyond... Um, Oh, I've always loved the words to this classic hymn. And, and and the other reason is there's a reason that they're classics. Yeah, They've yeah. usually got a pretty good tune. So if you want to go and find a text to write to, there are places like Cyber Hymnal on the web. You can Google yep. that. Or go to jubilate.co.uk and there are loads of new hymn texts written yeah. by people uh, that you could download and you could write a tune for. So the theme this time can be anything you want. Um, obviously, if the words are already provided, then that's you know, kind of set. Kind of set yeah. yeah. Uh, if the tune is is provided, then we'd love you to to be inspired by what Stuart was saying, and you know, actually, what does this tune sound like? What kind of um, mm. what kind of theme does this tune suggest? Uh, but you know, that's not um, particularly the issue here. You you can allow you know the theme to be really whatever you want. Brilliant. Um, Sam and I are going to set each other something to work with. So, Sam, I've got a tune for you. Great. Um, I'm afraid it may be a little bit on the melancholy side. It's <laughs> all right, my, I'll, I'll pick it up later. Um, and I'll just try and play it too. So, and it's a, it's a basically sort of a reverse tune. It's, it's slightly hymny, maybe. I don't know, but have a little listen. That's what I'm going to give you. I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. Okay, what have you got for me, Sam? I've got some lyrics I've been working on for a while. Um, It was back in the time of, well, the refugee steel crisis is is still with us, or uh, whatever you prefer to call it. But um, when that was big news uh, and people were getting very fearful and we were seeing all these things and not knowing how to respond, I I started some lyrics and you've looked at them with me. Uh, But I've never really uh, liked the tunes that I've had for it. So I'm going to give you that. Wow. This 
This world is crying for your mercy, suffering in pain. God, can you hear creation groaning? How long should we wait? Lord, turn our cries to prayers for mercy, turn our fears to trust, and may your mighty resurrection be revealed in us. You are making all things new. You are making all things new. We all play our part with you as you are making all things new. And then the second and third verse, the world is aching for your mercy, heaven here on earth, just like a mother waiting groaning for the promised birth. Lord, turn our aches to acts of kindness. May we show your grace so that our lives proclaim your kingdom to your glorious praise. Brilliant. It's like Romans 8. Yeah. Um, creation is groaning. Yeah. That stuff. So there you go. Brilliant. I can hear I saw, I, you're aiming at jazz waltz. That's <laughs> what I can hear. No, it's more like dub reggae, I was okay, thinking. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's the challenge. So um, we'll look forward to working with those for the next month. So our little workshop section is just going to expand a bit on this idea of writing texts and tunes, partly about um, writing them independently and then also about how you might go about trying to fit something together. I'm going to start just by thinking about a text and it's really just a few simple thoughts. Um, the first is about the idea of a meter. I think we've talked about this before, but hymn, basically hymns are written this way, if you're not familiar with it. They're, they're written to a meter, and it's a number of syllables per line, and it's yeah. quite consistent, and it's completely consistent throughout the song. So every time, um, there's a, every time a verse comes up, it's going to have exactly the same number of syllables um, in the same sort of order. And what's also important there is the stresses within there. So yes. sometimes you get, so for example, in Amazing Grace, the stress is on the second syllable. Yeah. And because of that, every line has Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved. It's always the second syllable that has the stress. In others, um, it will be... Uh, I mean, if you sung that to um, Bless the Lord, it would go, Amazing Grace, how sweet. It just wouldn't yeah, work. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah. The problem is, if you mix it up, then it's very difficult to write a tune for, because yeah. then the next verse, it, it doesn't happen. Um, we've also talked about um, rhyming structure. So you, um, Sam mentioned that I kind of had a threefold rhyme in it. Again, when you're writing a text, you've got to keep a consistent rhyming structure through it. So it might be a line A rhymes with line B, or it could be line A rhymes with rhyme C, and then and so on. Um, you can have internal rhymes, a bit like a limerick has sort of two line, rhyming lines. Rhyme. I can't actually say limerick. <laughs> rhyming lines. rhymes. Um, uh, again, it's about consistency. I think that's the kind of thing I want to push. And finally, I suppose, if you're writing a text for someone else to set a tune to, keeping it, keeping the lines as similar to each other in length yeah. is helpful. But if, Whereas if you have a really long one, then a short one, then a medium one, and so on, it's going to be very difficult to find a tune to write to it. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to mention about if you're just going to simply sit down and write a tune um, again this idea of meter so having a regular amount of uh, syllables in your um, you know it doesn't it's not that every line has eight syllables it mm. could be eight and then six or um, five and then nine but it, that has to then follow through in each verse um, and uh, also think about things like uh, that it kind of takes you on a journey. You know, I think when people write a lot of contemporary songs, they've maybe got a backbeat in their mind. Yeah. And so it can be quite repetitive or they've got a cool chord progression or those kinds of things. I think the melodies that really stick in your mind and probably last are the ones that actually take you on something of a journey um, and have more of a sense of... Um, 
you know, this, this melody is saying something simply standing alone. And so one thing I would recommend is actually to walk away from an instrument altogether. Yeah. Maybe go on a walk or a long car journey like car. In uh, South Australia. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You just get your church to pay for that. And, um, and then actually just sing out melodies that stand alone on their mm. own. There's this phrase, the old grey whistle test. There used to be a TV yeah. show. The old greys were the doormen uh, in Timpan Alley where they uh, would um, be writing loads of songs. And the songwriters, if they walked out of the building at the end of the day and the old greys, who were the doormen, were whistling the song, then it would pass the old grey whistle test because yeah. it was memorable. Yeah. Then when it comes to writing a text for a tune, so you've already been provided with a tune, one of the things you've got to do is sort of map that tune out so again it's listening for what is the meter of it you know write it down how many syllables where are the stresses in the tune yeah but also where are the high points so yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean the highest notes but it means where does the tune you know where does it head towards and descend from yeah um and a really good thing is to say actually if there's a really sort of hooky or high point bit of melody you've got to put some key words there yeah so when you've listened to your tune you thought what is this tune about start thinking about some phrases that might be part of that theme and put those in place yeah. on the tune and start to build your song around it. It probably isn't something most, lots of us do when we're writing from the start, but because you've already got a melody. Mm. And then the final thing is just to... It seems obvious, doesn't it? But what is the mood of the melody? And and if it's a cheerful melody, probably don't write a lament and, <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Um, but also what... What journey does the melody take? Because your text, your lyrics, then have to follow that journey. So a really obvious thing is um, if you if your melody is sort of descending slowly into the depths, don't write will rise on wings like eagles over yeah. the top of it, that kind of thing. Exactly. So match what your words are saying with what your melody is doing. Yeah, and I mean, the, the same really applies when you turn it around and say write a tune to a text look at what the text is saying mm. and then draw it out. So almost the same things here. What's the mood? Um, what are the high points in this that I need to emphasise? What are the sort of more slightly fillery bits? Yeah, like, I guess ultimately think what is going to bring this text to life? You know, m yeah. millions of people have written brilliant texts yeah. and actually they just don't find the right vehicle in a tune. Yeah. And the tune is the immediate thing that people will pick up on. So, you know, pour yourself into a into a melody into a, into music that is going to be just a perfect vehicle for that text brilliant and i think the final thing that's just worth saying for our 12 song challenges or i suppose for anyone doing this is on the whole we encourage collaboration by critiquing and giving free ideas to each other so that you share your song yeah and people freely chip in on it but it's still your song and at the same time you chip in on theirs now obviously in this context it genuinely is a co-write and a collaboration so yeah. you may not be able to persuade John Newton to collaborate with you <laughs> uh, in that respect but particularly if it's you know if you're working with someone you know or someone that you meet on the forum if something results at the end of it then it's a shared song um, yeah but that's great isn't it that's exciting yeah and don't be afraid you know if you try something out with somebody and it just doesn't work that's fine as well I suspect that quite a few people are going to try these things you know, especially on the forum, there'll be some exchanges, there'll be some, and people will just say, oh, actually, I'm not, you know, let's let's hold it really lightly yeah. and just see these as suggestions and ideas and, you know, um, not, not kind of get precious about like it. Like Stuart Townend's songwriter speed dating. Yeah, exactly. In Perfect. Practice. Perfect. 
that's the end of episode nine all that remains is to introduce our featured song on the darkest day by matt osgood this is a song that's an easter song it goes from uh, good friday right through to the resurrection it's actually been on our website for a while but matt has done a brand new recording which is a great showcase of this song it could be just the thing you need for your easter celebrations Next time, we will be bringing you an interview with Dan and Matt Weeks, the producers of our Christmas album. So I've done that interview. Uh, really looking forward to sharing it with you. Lots of thoughts about the recording process, some insight into the music industry, and some of their and our um, vision and, um, and dreams for what um, worship songs and recordings could be. Do get in touch with us. Email us on podcast at resoundworship.org, Twitter at resoundworship or facebook.com slash resoundworship.org. And do go and check on our website, see if there are any places left on the Worship Songwriting Retreat in June. If there are, we'd love to see you there. If there are not, there's another opportunity on the 12th of March in Durham. We're running a Worship Songwriter Training Day. So uh, have a look on our website again for details of that and uh, it'd be great to have you with us. Until next time. On the darkest day of all, the light of all the world was crowned with thorns and lifted on a cross. Forsaken and alone, the Son became our sin, surrendering his life for love of us. The darkness of the tomb was shattered by the sun. The grave could not contain his rage and love.